Welcome to the show, everybody. So glad you're here. What a whirlwind Friday it has been. I'm recording this thing on a Friday night after a fun day of streaming, eating, and a choir show. Magical show, to be exact. Where it takes you back to Renaissance England for Christmas time. And they serve, they sing, and they just eat food, and the choir sings. It's a great time. Uh, so, the day started off innocent enough. Uh, we, you know, logged on to Twitch like we do every morning, it seems like, lately, which is fun and exciting. Uh, playing COD, of course, with the Call of Duty for all you non-gamers out there, with my buddy Fallon. All right, we're heaving along just nice, and I fire up the stream, and yesterday my buddy Black Widow uh, 51 says to me, hey, you know, uh, if uh, you have Mountain Dew in your camera, there's a chance you could be featured on the Mountain Dew live page. So, me being the gaming man that I am, and the, I'm like, all right, well, say less, son. So, I proceed to down a code red and decided to put it on my camera, on my microphone, right in front of my camera. Thinking, yeah, we ain't gonna get too far, right? About an hour into this thing, Mountain Dew Gaming shows up and asks, well, do you want to play? I said, yes, of course I want to play. Let's play the game. And I also said, oh, bleep, this is for real. And they said, yes, yes it is. So then I had, you know, accepted their terms and conditions, which was fine. Uh, and then proceeded to play Call of Duty and wait my turn in line. Which could have been anywhere from 15 to 90 minutes. And also you then, <clears throat> they would let you know, and then you get 15 minutes of fame on the Mountain Dew live stream. All right? I was like, oh, okay. Well, I guess we're just going to get on the live on the live stream and call it good. But in between of me waiting... Mountain Dew drops 40 subs. Okay. Subscriptions to my Twitch channel, by the way. That's what that is. Uh, podcast is free. Um, you know, you can donate if you want to. That's fine. Uh, but majority of this podcast is free. Okay. The Twitch channel, however, you know, we, we got we got affiliate. All right. So we can get some subs. Mountain Dew drops 40. Then I get into a game and they're like, you're on show us what you got and I'm like oh my gosh at this point I am a glass case of emotions that I am fraught don't know what to do and hand, palms are a sweating armpits are glaring are gleaming with sweat as well and I'm in resurgence quads my home my my safe space and they said every kill you get will give you a sub will gift a sub right I'm like okay I get start getting them, start racking up subs, five, six, seven. Then they said, you get to 10, we'll do something special for you. All right, I'm at seven. No sweat, right? No, there was sweat to be had because we tapped out at nine, boys and girls. And then they said, oh, your teammate's still alive, so if you get the dub, then we'll give you a big surprise for that then too. We ended up getting a second place, but they still dropped came in and dropped another 160 plus subs after that mind you i only had 
67 followers starting the day. We ended the day with 23 extra followers, but we also ended the day with 203 gifted subs, or 205 subs for the day total. Mountain Dew Gaming came in like a wrecking ball. And my boys, I tell you what, they were up for it. The chat was lit. And, man, and if you guys ever get a chance, I know I stream during the day someday, most days, and everybody's got a job to do. But my boys in the chat brought their A game. And it was grand. If you ever, if you ever want to go see an a, a real life re reaction of this happening, go to my Twitch page, One Guy With A Mic. It's one of the videos on demand, and you can watch it. It's about the two-hour mark of the stream is when, eh, about an hour into the stream is when all hell breaks loose of this happening. You can also go over to my YouTube page and watch it as well, One Guy With A Mic. For anybody new to this channel, my kid's really trying to tell me, hey, you got to push this thing ahead. So, I'm taking this advice today. Make sure to hit that like button, hit that follow button, ring that bell. Make sure you have auto downloads on so we can, every episode automatically downloads for you. No sweat in that. Then that way you can listen to me anytime you want. As always, this podcast is brought to you by shankgolf.com. We do have a nice little partnership with them ambassadorship uh one guy in the uh in the code is what's going to get you a discount for all your golf needs and just think it's christmas time and golfing season's right around the corner so go ahead and get yourself some new golf apparel you always need a nice hat you always need a nice polo go check it out i think they got they got bags too oh and i love their i love their golf gloves huh but yeah this has been a real range of emotions for me today and I'm still quite numb even as I'm recording this at almost 11 o'clock on a Friday night I don't even know what this podcast is going to be about because see here's the deal I was planning on streaming for four hours a day that would have been from 10 to 2 central standard time and then work on my podcast and be prepared for the other three hours before I have to go had to go to uh, the kids magical event and I end up streaming almost five hours and then it's just been crazy and i mean then it was just a calm yourself down type situation really couldn't get it get it going really just couldn't wrap my mind around what happened so big shout out to mountain dew gaming for coming through the way you guys did really appreciate you unbelievably appreciate they they are absolutely goaded um, I also, oh, also in that, so they give you 15 minutes. Let's, let's hit this real. They give you 15 minutes to show them what you got, right? And then when it starts to dwindle down and they put a, they put a poll in the chat to say, should we give this guy five more minutes? I got the extra five minutes as well. So I was 20 minutes into this bad boy with them. It was just fantastic, fun, everything else. But hey, we got sports to talk about, right? Enough about streaming. I mean, streaming's fun. I'm, I'm, I'm shot, guys. Absolutely shot today. So I'm not bringing as much energy as I normally do. But I've got a podcast. So here's what we're doing. I, what the hell is that? 
All right. So, <clears throat> we got a podcast to do, right? There's been some trades in Major League, but let's talk. Let's start with Major League Baseball. Okay, let's talk about the trades that have been made. You got the Red Sox getting Ty O'Neill from uh, Tyler O'Neill from the Cardinals, right? You got David Fletcher, Max Stassi going to the from the Angels to the Braves. You got Juan Soto, the blockbuster trade that was finally done by Brian Cashman and the Padres. And Juan Soto with the number 22 jersey. God, I hope he wears 22. I know the Rocket wore it, but gosh, I hope he wears 22. And then I hope he hits bombs and over that right field fence in Yankee Stadium. So, um... So yeah, those are those are the blockbuster trades so far. There's been some signings. Uh, Shohei Itani info is absolutely going crazy. No one where no where knows where he's gonna sign at. And honestly, we all should respect his privacy that he asked for. That doesn't mean I'm gonna stop from saying uh, what I want. And I want him to sign with the Chicago Cubs. Don't think it's gonna happen, but I would love for him to sign with the Chicago Cubs. And so there's that week's baseball news in a real summed up meeting. Hold, hold, not a whole lot happened at the winter meetings other than the Juan Soto trade. A few signings. Uh, nobody even really signed. Uh, I mean, I guess there was some signings, but nothing major. You still got the high number, the high dollar free agents out there available. Bellinger, Otani. Um, so those you got those guys that are more of the want uh, for the bats. Um, some of the pitchers are still available too, uh, like Snell is still available as well. Uh, um, Feedy did uh, Eric Feedy did sign with the uh, White Sox. That was one pitcher of note that signed. Um, so yeah, uh, so let's see what we got. Uh, it's Football Friday, obviously. Well, in this case, it's going to come out on Saturday. So. Uh, yesterday had the New England Patriots beating the Pittsburgh Steelers 21 to 18. I I I don't even know what to even say about that. <laughs> you had Bailey Zappi throw for 240 yards. Eckler had or Ezekiel Elliott had 68 yards rushing, and Juju Smith-Schuster had 90 yards receiving, and that's who all led the game. Those are the game leaders. Like I don't know how Pittsburgh lets New England beat them, but. Uh, well, I shouldn't say let them. I believe that New England came in there with a mission and to win the game, and they did, which almost all but secures the number one spot for Chicago uh, to have the number one pick due to the trade with the Carolina Panthers last year. That netted the Panthers with Bryce Young. So, what do we got going on in the, in the NFL? Well, this week... Um, we got some good matchups. We got the Cowboys and Philadelphia Eagles on Monday night football or a Sunday night football. And we got two Monday night games. We got Tennessee, Miami, and then we got Green Bay and New York as well. One's on ESPN, the other one's on ESPN Plus slash ABC. Uh, Sunday matchups you got Houston and New York, which Houston's trying to stay in place for the wild card spot. 
Uh, you got a divisional rival between Detroit and Chicago. You got Tampa Bay and Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta wins that game. They got a two-game lead up in the south, which Arthur Smith, who would have thought that? You got Casey and Buffalo as a 3 o'clock game today, or on Sunday. You got San Francisco, Seattle, a 3 o'clock game. Uh, so you got some playoff implications there as well. And uh, you got Jacksonville and Cleveland, and Jacksonville might be without Trevor Lawrence, which then gives C.J. Beathard the start. So that's a quick little rundown of which games are going on that are important this week. Um, obviously you got the Vikings Raiders, which it's kind of a bad deal for me being a Raiders fan, but also support the Vikings because it was my grandpa's team. So, uh, so why not just give our picks real quick, shall we? I mean, we're here. Might as well do it. Right. And then we'll get into college football and how much fun that's going to be. All right. <clears throat> yeah. Tampa, Atlanta. We're taking Atlanta. It's at home. Detroit, Chicago at Soldier Field. We're taking Detroit. Indianapolis, Cincinnati. Uh, I'm going with Jake Browning over Gardner Minshew. We're going Cincy. Jacksonville, Cleveland. Well, if we don't have Trevor Lawrence, it's a Cleveland Browns victory. If we have Trevor Lawrence, I believe the Jaguars win. Carolina, New Orleans. New Orleans. Every time I go for Carolina, they disappoint me. So we're just going to leave the disappointment alone. Uh, even though they did fire Frank Wright. And they were coming off their, uh, not a bye week, they played last week. Uh, Houston, New York. Uh, we're going Houston because that defense is awesome. Uh, and C.J. Stroud is playing like the number one draft pick he should have been. Los Angeles and Baltimore. In Baltimore, we're going Baltimore. Minnesota, Raiders. We're going Raiders. Obviously, we're a homer. So we're going Raiders. Seattle and San Francisco, we're taking the San Francisco 49ers. San Francisco treat, Buffalo, Kansas City. I'm going Buffalo. There's a lot of people hopping on Kansas City, but Kansas City has lost the last two weeks. And they have lost to, I mean, I shouldn't say they lost the last two weeks, but this is what they've done the last. So they lost their first game against the Lions, right? Then they rattled off six straight wins. And ever since then, they've gone two and three. They lost the Broncos. They beat the Dolphins in Germany, which I can't factor that game into a fact because it was Germany. And I understand both teams are over in Germany, but I still feel like, still feel like, that's not really a home field advantage type thing or anything. So it should have been a Chiefs home game, but I feel like. I feel like you don't get a full Dolphins experience in Germany like you have been everywhere else. Uh, they lost to the Eagles, they beat the Raiders, and they beat the Pack, and they lost to the Packers. So they got the Bills, and then they got the Patriots, Raiders, Bengals. Obviously, losing to the Bills isn't going to end be the end of the world, but uh, as they still make the playoffs and still finish with the second seed, but they have a chance to be the first seed. And but I really still think that. Uh, the Bills come. The Bills come and do Arrowhead, and the Bills win. Uh, then you got Denver or Los Angeles. Russell Wilson's cooking, and he's gonna cook at SoFi. So, going Russell Wilson. Philadelphia, Dallas. Now at the start of the year, I said they were gonna split this matchup, right? One and one, two and zero. Oh. Wasn't gonna happen. One and one was. 
Uh, Philly won the first matchup, so I'm going Dallas this matchup on Sunday Night Football. That's going to be a great game. Uh, Monday night, the first matchup, Tennessee-Miami at Miami at the Hard Rock Stadium. Miami, of course. And Green Bay's beating the New York Giants because they got Tommy DeVito and nothing else. Like they, The New York Giants are not in a good state of football right now. That's for sure. As much as I dislike that, like I think that they should be more of a more of a team. They should be better than what they are. So, so what we got for NFL picks this week, and what do we got going on in the college football ranks? Well, we got the Army Navy game on Saturday at two o'clock on CBS. Unfortunately, neither one can make a bowl game. Uh, because the rule stipulates before the Army-Navy game, if they want to make a bowl, even though they each have a chance to get to six wins, they have to have it before the bowl selections. So, therefore, they are not going to a bowl. Um, but I'm going to take Navy on that as well. Now, let's talk about some of the bowl matchups that we got going on here. Uh, the ones that staring out to me, first of all, before we get to the college football playoffs, right? Let's see. Before we get to that, um, stands out to me, you got Iowa, Tennessee in the Citrus Bowl, uh, Liberty, Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl, because the Fiesta Bowl always has magic, uh, especially ever since the Boise State Broncos beat the Oklahoma Sooners on the Statue of Liberty play, which is the best play in college football. LSU's going to smoke Wisconsin. That's all there is to it. Uh, I find that the Toledo-Wyoming matchup is is interesting to me as well. Um, ooh, another good one's going to be the Peach Bowl. Penn State versus Old Miss. That's going to be good. I think the Cotton Bowls are really going to be good between Mizzou and Ohio State. Um, let's see, Notre Dame-Oregon State is going to be a good matchup. I think this – here's my thoughts on this. Oklahoma-Arizona. I think Oklahoma doesn't show up for this game, and I think Arizona just wipes the floor with them. Because I think with Oklahoma already having, um, you know, lost two losses on the year, didn't make a championship, like it's been an underwhelming year for them. So definitely Arizona just comes out and just smokes them because Arizona's like running it right now. Um, I like the Hurricanes-Rutgers matchup at the Pinstripe Bowl game. So that's kind of a home field advantage for the Rutgers. I feel like SMU should have got a better game than playing Boston College. I don't think up in Fenway. I think that's kind of – I think SMU should have gotten a way better game, but I understand Liberty ranked higher than them as the um, other five conferences type thing out of the Power Five, so they don't get as good of a matchup. But I feel like playing Boston College basically in Boston – it could have been a better matchup. Um, and I think SMU goes up there and just smokes them. I really do. And then they make their way to the ACC. And then they can play Boston College all they want and smoke them then too. Uh, the Texas Bowl, you got a, uh old Big 12 matchup between Oklahoma State and Texas A&M. Uh, Oklahoma State's been playing on fire, but it's Mike Gunny. I don't really trust him. Texas A&M doesn't have a head coach, right? So, well, I mean, they hired one. He's coming back, so... Uh, another underwhelming bowl game, USC and Louisville. I think Louisville should have actually gotten something better than that, even though they lost to the, even though they lost to Florida State. 
in the ACC championship. Um, what I or then you also got Tulane and Vatek again, another eleven and two team. Probably should have got a better matchup than Vatek. Just saying. Now here's going to be a high scoring game, and it's just not because I'm a UNLV fan, but UNLV Kansas at the Guaranteed Rate Bowl uh, is definitely going to be a high scoring matchup. That game's going to have a combined score of like 78 points, I'm sure. Uh, let's see. What else? Uh, San Jose State versus Coastal Carolina. That's going to be a fun game to watch. Uh, Northwestern, the surprise of the year out of the Big Ten, going against Utah uh, but at the Las Vegas Bowl. But Utah who has just been too good, and I think Utah creates the uh, continues with that. And then I like the fact that James Madison got into a bowl game. Unfortunately, it's the Armed Forces Bowl and Ferrison Air Force, and Air Force's flexbone offense is just going to run wild with that. So those are some of the highlights of the bowl ma- bowl season that I like to see. Uh, Boise State UCLA, I think that'll be a fun matchup, and uh, Jacksonville State and Louisiana Raging Cajuns could be a fun time too. So <laughs> there was a few matchups I didn't hit on. One of them being Florida State, Georgia. Now, I don't think Georgia wins this game. <laughs> I honestly don't. I think Georgia Georgia really hasn't played, as I said, anybody lately. And so it's not surprising that they lost to... Um, so it's not... To me, it wasn't surprising that they lost to Alabama last week, right? I wasn't, I wasn't shocked by that. I mean, I said that was going to happen. Because, they, again, they hadn't played anybody. I mean, they beat Missouri, they beat Ole Miss, they beat Tennessee. Okay, so they beat, they beat four ranked teams because Kentucky's 20th, right? But And I understand Florida State hasn't played anybody either. Like, I know Florida State fans, you're like, oh, we played somebody. Like, we played some teams. But realistically, your top wins are... LSU at the start of the year at home and Louisville at the ACC championship game. Those are your top wins because Florida wasn't really that good. And I understand like we're going to, they're going to Florida state fans say, well, we should be in it because we had 11 teams become bowl eligible. Well, that's nice. But what did they do in conference play? Pittsburgh or uh, Syracuse went two and six. Boston College three and five, Miami three and five, Duke four and four, North Carolina four and four, Clemson four and four, Virginia Tech five and three, Georgia Tech five and three, NC State six and two, like <laughs> that's that's the problem. Like if you let's just take North Carolina State for granted, they beat UConn, lost in Notre Dame, they beat VMI, they beat Virginia. They beat Marshall. Then they won their last five against Clemson, Miami, Wake Forest, Virginia Tech, and North Carolina to get to 9-3. Like, they, I mean, that doesn't seem to me like an overly strong schedule. Georgia Tech, who they, oh yeah, they beat South Carolina State. They beat Wake Forest, who, by the way, went 1-7 in the conference and 4-8 and overall. Okay. So, let's see. They beat Miami. They beat North Carolina. They beat Virginia. They lose to Clemson, and they lost to Georgia. Right? That's what the Georgia, that's what Georgia Tech did. 
Syracuse, bowl eligible. They went two and six in league play, right? That's what I said. They beat Pitt and Wake Forest. You know who they beat for their for their other four games to get bowl eligible? Colgate, Western Michigan, Purdue, and Army were the four games that they beat, or the four teams they beat to become bowl eligible, which were all of their non-conference games. Boston College, six and six team. Who'd they beat? Uh, Holy Cross, thirty-one twenty-eight, mind you. I mean, they did beat Army. They beat UConn. Like, we're not beating anybody good. So I can understand why why we have issues here. Like, Miami did beat tw- number twenty-three Texas A&M. Okay, but they also beat Bethune and Temple. I didn't realize Temple even had a football program again. I thought that was like not a thing for a while. All right. And I mean, Temple went one and seven and three and nine. So <laughs> again, I'm sorry, Florida State fans. Your argument of we should be ahead of Alabama still isn't keying up due to strength of schedule. All right. And uh, but I still think that you're going to beat Georgia. Okay, then you can have your fake. Or well, claim yourselves national championships after that. I guess if you want to pull a UCF, have fun with it. Why not? Everybody gets a ring. It's like a participation trophy at this point. So in that matchup, I'm taking because I just think Georgia is going to come out and be underwhelmed. Like uh, like they're not gonna, they're not really going to come out and put up a good fight. Is what I'm saying. I mean, that's what I'm getting at. So, um, then let's see what else we got for bowls, all right? Let's see. We got college football playoffs, all right? We got the Rose Bowl, the granddaddy of them all, Alabama-Michigan. I think Michigan forgot that they were on camera because when they announced Alabama was number four, the room went quiet. And I'm not saying, like, that's going to be a bad thing for, for Michigan, but Alabama is probably the hottest team right now going right the loss of texas by 10 at home and ever since then their closest game was the last two games between auburn and georgia and both those are rivalry games that's that's also a thing right there a rivalry game and they didn't really blow anybody out this year either because they didn't have to i mean like their offense grew throughout the year Right, their offense grew throughout the year, never settled, and continued to grow and grow and grow, and that's what led them to be able to win those clutch games at Auburn and at Georgia, or in against Georgia, not at Georgia, but against Georgia. So I really think Alabama beats Michigan. I don't think Michigan's the number one team in the country. Um, I think it's a nice matchup. Um, I definitely think Washington. I had Washington number one on my list of the number team because Washington has the, had the number one strength of schedule. I mean, they beat Oregon twice. They got a Heisman front, they got a Heisman front runner, Mike, Michael Penix Jr. Like, I just think they should have been the number one team. I understand you can't make Alabama three to avoid that matchup. Cause I really think they want to, we really want to see a Washington, Alabama playoff championship. I think that championship game would be awesome. So that brings me, so I'm taking Alabama over Michigan. So that brings me up to the next one, right? 
We got the uh, Caesars Superdome out of New Orleans for the uh, All-State Sugar Bowl, Texas and, uh, Texas and Washington. Okay. Right? So, because I think the Cotton Bowl is – yeah, the Cotton Bowl or, you know, I guess Houston, Texas is hosting the, uh, the championship game this year. So, you got you know, Texas – and Washington. Washington's got to go all the way to New Orleans. Meanwhile, Texas doesn't. All right, so Texas beat Bama, number three Bama. They beat Kansas. They lost to Oklahoma, beat K-State, and they beat Oklahoma State. So, I mean, they broke, beat some teams, but the argument could have been made that they shouldn't be in and Florida State should be. But you can't put Alabama in if you don't put Texas in because of the whole head-to-head thing, which at times I think, I think is wrong because – Beating that Bama, that team earlier, second week of the season, I don't think Texas would be able to beat this Bama team that's playing right now. That's just my thoughts on it. Um, I don't think Texas beats Washington because I stated Washington's the number one team to me. So that's going to leave a Washington-Alabama final. And um, being the homer I am, I'm taking Alabama to win the national title. I think uh, Milroy has just stepped it up um, lately, that's for sure. Uh, Jalen Milroy has stepped it up. Uh, you got Jason Cleland as the running back. like, And you also got Roydell Williams back there too. So those two guys are basically doing it. Um, they got 11 rushing touchdowns combined. Uh, you, got, you got Jermaine Burton at wideout. You got Isaiah Bond who led the team in receptions with 44 and came up with a clutch touchdown there in the end zone. Um, you got a little tight end play here with uh, Nyblack and Dupree as well. So I just think that this Bama team comes out and not really runs rough. It's going to be a really good game against Washington if that's the case. It'd really be a good, a good, good game. But I think Bama right at this point, Nick Saban has his team firing at will, and they end up winning the game. So, there's my little bit of a breakdown for the college football. Um, all right, so with uh, with that, with getting closer to bowl season, we'll definitely talk about more about that. So, but I do want to talk about a fun little basketball thing going on right now. Like her name's uh, Caitlin Clark. If you haven't heard of her. She is a Iowa, she's the Iowa Hawkeyes girls point guard. She's out of Des Moines. Uh, she is a senior this year, I do believe. And she has a chance to make history uh, with passing um, Kelsey Plum for the most points scored ever by a woman basketball player. Um, she is also has a shot to also take over, uh, Pete Mer- Pistol Pete Maravich as well to, um, be the all time leading scorer in, uh, basketball history. She is currently at 3,013 total points. And only needs another 514 points the rest of the way 
to pass Kelsey Plum. She averages 27 points per game as well. Cheryl Miller's next on the list, and then Shamika Holdsclaw, Holdsclaw, Maya Moore, Elena Deladonna, Ashley Jones. Uh, you got Rachel Bannon, Bannum, uh, Jerrica Coley, Lori Baum, Baumann out of Drake, Patricia Hoskins, Brittany Griner, Jackie Styles, Kelsey Mitchell, and Kelsey Plum, who just said it in 2017. So that's a bit of exciting news. Uh, I actually, uh, Caitlin Clark has actually produced a lot here in Iowa for the, you know, has actually done a lot for women's basketball here in the state of Iowa, that's for sure. Um, but let's talk about the man, the myth, the legend that she could be passing. Pistol Pete Maravich uh, was born June 22nd, 1947. Uh, he was born in Aliquippa, Pennsylvania, to Press and Helen Maravich, and he was raised in North and South Carolina, where he would uh, he would go on to star at Louisiana State, where uh, his father was the team's head coach. Maravich, during his playing career, would uh, he scored three thousand six hundred sixty-seven points, and averaged forty-four point two points per game, obviously because there was no three-point line at that time. Um, or shot clock, by the way. Uh, and he wasn't able to play a varsity as a freshman underneath the NCAA rules at that time. He'd only have a 10-year professional career uh, in the ABA and NBA, spending most of his time with the New Orleans slash Utah Jazz. He was a five-time NBA All-Star, a two-time All-NBA first team, a two-time All-NBA second team, he was NBA All-Rookie first team in 71. He was an NBA scoring champion in 77. He's on the 50th and 75th anniversary teams. His number is retired by the Hawks, which is number 44. Number 7 is retired by the Utah Jazz, and number 7 is also retired by the New Orleans Pelicans. He won College Player of the Year in 1970. He was a two-time U.S. BWA Player of the Year in 69 and 70. He was a three-time Consensus First Team All-American, a three-time SEC Player of the Year, and a three-time NCAA Season Scoring Leader as well. He also was, like I said, is the Division I all-time leading scorer for men's and women's basketball, and his number 23 is retired. In the NBA, he averaged 24 points per game, 4.2 rebounds, and four almost 5.5 assists per game. And he was inducted into the Naismith Hall of Fame in 2006. He would start his career with the Atlanta Hawks being drafted, I guess not the ABA as well, but Atlanta Hawks, um, where he was drafted in the first round, third pick overall. And he was not a natural fit. Um, there he had a top-notch scorer, combo guard in Lou Hudson, and his flamboyant style stood in stark contrast to the conservative play of Hudson and Walt Bellamy at the time, who was the center. Um, 
he would then, following the 73-74 season, um, he posted a 27.7 points per game, which is second behind Bob McAdoo. Earned his second all-time appearance as well, but Atlanta only won 35 games. Uh, so, in the summer of 74, New Orleans was awarded an expansion jet, uh, franchise as the Jazz. And they picked him up due to his celebrity in the state of his accomplishments at LSU. Uh, to acquire Marovich, the Jazz traded two players and four draft picks to Atlanta. So, um, in his first season, Marovich averaged managed to score 21.5 points and shot a four, four career worst 41.9% from the floor, as the Jazz only won 23 games. Um, jazz management did its best to give Maravich a good supporting cast. They did go 38 and 44 in its second season and did, but did not qualify postseason play. After that, Maravich struggled with energy, injuries that limited him to 62 games and he still got a 25.9 points per game. Uh, and then in 76, 77 was the most productive in the NBA. He led the league in scoring average with 31.1 points per game. He scored 40 or more points 13 times. He scored 50 or more points and four points, and he had a 68-point masterpiece against the Knicks, which was the most, which um, was at that time the most points ever scored by a guard in a single game. Only two players at any position had ever scored more. Obviously, Chamberlain with his hundred, and Elgin Baylor as well. Uh, he would go on to earn his third all-star game appearance and was honored as NBA first team for a second consecutive season. Uh, he'd end up injuring both knees the following year and but he still managed to score 27 points per game and also added 6.7 assists a game as well. Then the Jazz moved to Salt Lake City as well um, and that was his last year with the Jazz was in 79 and 80. He only played in 17 games that year, um, but he and only averaged 17 points per game. And then in 79 and 80, he was ended his career with the Boston Celtics, where he would shoot 49% uh, from the field. He shot 75% from three-point land, and he shot 90% from the free-throw line as well. Um, he would, uh, unfortunately, the injuries forced him to retire early, um, and he really couldn't find stuff to do afterwards, um, but unfortunately, January 5th, 1988, Maravich collapsed and died of heart failure at age 40 while playing a pickup game in a gym at First Church of Nazarene in Pasadena. California unfortunately uh, his upon uh, autopsy it was revealed that he had been born with a missing left coronary artery a vessel that supplies blood to the muscle fibers of the heart and his right coronary artery was grossly enlarged and had been compensating for the defect obviously no one really knew about that before so Pistol Pete has also been documented in film as well, and also music. Uh, Smashing Pumpkin mentions Pistol Pete in their song 
The Tale of Dusty and Pistol Pete. And then uh, um, ESPNU named Maravich the greatest college basketball player of all time as well. So, there's a little bit of history with Pistol, Pistol Pete Maravich and what Caitlin Clark can go ahead and achieve. So, on that note, I appreciate everybody turning in. Um, again, it's been a crazy Friday. Sorry I didn't bring a whole lot of energy coming to this thing. Uh, but I appreciate every single one of you guys for tuning in and tuning out, listening to me, hanging with me all day, every day. And make sure to drop that follow button, please. Make sure to go to my socials. One guy with a mic is where they're all at. TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch. And make sure you hit all the fo- all the follows on that. You guys have a blessed have a blessed weekend. Have a fun weekend. Stay safe out there. It is Christmas shopping time. Can get a little crazy. Oh, so, you all have a great one.